Today, I really want to bring a brief encouragement uh, that I believe God's put on my spirit about how it's time not to have simply a New Year's resolution, um, but to have a New Year's revelation. So not simply a New Year's resolution, but to have a New Year's revelation. What I mean by that is that when you get your lists, your resolutions, you say, this year it's going to be like this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible in the year. I'm going to pray every day like this. But what it should be founded on all that we do, all that we strive to do, should be on that basis of understanding the love of God, understanding that he comes first. And from that, we'll be empowered to do the things that we're called to do in a much more powerful way. And the scripture I want to read to you today is from the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible. And people sometimes stay away from it because they don't like the imagery there. But the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's revealing who he is. Don't forget, John was an apostle of Jesus. He was with Jesus in person in his life. But then John, one day, is on the island of Patmos. He's essentially on a prison island. History tells us that they couldn't kill John. He had to essentially go into exile. And on this island of Patmos, maybe as an old man, Jesus comes to him in his glorified form. Jesus is resurrected. He's ascended to heaven. But now Jesus is coming to him. And he's, and he's speaking to him. And the first thing that he wants John to know and to do is to write down these different letters to the churches in that area. It's modern-day Turkey. There's seven different letters in seven different areas. And the first letter he reads is to the church in the city of Ephesus. And in Revelation chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, this is what Jesus says to John to tell the church in Ephesus. He says these words, I know that you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And you read those words, and it sounds as if Jesus is telling them off. It sounds negative. But remember, God chastens those he loves. He only disciplines his children because he loves us. And you see that many times in the Bible. There's times where God has to bring correction, not because he's angry or doesn't like us anymore, but because he does love us and he wants us to be back on the right track. And so every church, every city are given a commendation, something they're doing well. But also within that, Jesus brings some kind of chastisement or correction to them, that if they follow him in that, they'll be blessed. And for this particular church, in general, he says to them, you're doing well, you're enduring patiently, that's what you've got going well. You're enduring persecution, possibly. But your love for me, your love for God, has waned. It's not, it's not like it was in the beginning. And it's time to, to change that, it's time to go back to that. And of course he says, if you don't, I'll remove your lampstand. The lampstand in the Bible always represents ministry, priestly ministry to God the fire of God, the oil of God. 
And he says, you're not going to be shining bright before me anymore unless you go back to the love you had at first. So I wonder what would Jesus write in his letter to us or to you if he had a letter like this to write? What would he say? You're doing well and these things actually need to change. What would he say in that letter to you or to us? Something I often wonder about. Because Jesus had some very clear, specific things to say to all of these churches. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say something to us as well. In fact, at the end of every letter, Jesus gives this invite to everyone saying, let him who has ears hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So you could read this letter and some of those things might not apply to you right now. But in general, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you and let you know where you're doing well where you need to bring alignment. Am I making sense? Okay. For this particular church, they need to go back to the love they had at first with God. Sometimes you'll read in the translation, it will say, you've forsaken your first love. That's a different translation would say that. A more literal translation like the ESV would say something like, you've forsaken the love you had at first. So initially you're burning bright for Jesus. Maybe some of us have been part of this, this church, Norwich Elim, for a long time, remember a time where things were burning bright for Jesus. But in general, you think, I don't think it was like that anymore. I, I remember someone talking to me about their their home church, and they said, "It's not a lot of there's not a lot of vibrancy or fire and love for God like there seems to be." And I'm thinking to this person, "What are you going to do about it? Because we all have a part to play, don't we? To encourage our love for God." It says in the Bible, "Let us think about how we can spur one another on." to love and good deeds. So we need to spur each other on. But sometimes Jesus reminds us, and I feel like he's reminding me personally at the moment, that there's a time where you burn brightly for me that you don't now. And sometimes you think, but I'm doing this, but I'm doing this. But it, don't forget, don't ever put the wagon before the horse because it must be motivated by his love. Amen. But here's the thing. How do you grow back in love with God, true love and devotion to God? He says that you need to go back and do the things you do it, you did at first. So you don't do things to earn God's love. It's really important to know that. Especially if you're in any kind of ministry. You don't do things to earn God's love. You do things because you are loved by God. He says in the Bible, we love him because he first loved us. And that is the motivation of why we do things. Not for ourselves, not even for others directly. It's only others second. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and love your neighbour as yourself. That's second. They're one and the same, but it comes second. You can't love others truly unless you truly love God. And it's the Holy Spirit that puts love in our hearts for God, and it puts love in our hearts for others as well. So that's why we need to abide in God's presence. Jesus said, if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. But what's the first fruit of the Spirit? Could read Galatians 5. It's love. That is the byproduct. That is the mark. Jesus said, you will know, they will, I will know, sorry, they will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So love is the main characteristic of what it means to be a believer. God is love. God is light. And we too should be love, we should be light. Doesn't mean that we think everything's fine that people do. 
doesn't mean that we don't have an opinion on anything. But we, we love, don't we? We love. And we love God first and foremost. But he says, go back and do the things you did at first. So perhaps there was a time where you would meet with friends and you would have all-night prayer meetings. There'd be times where you would read your Bible in a, a way that you don't now. But watch leading that and motivating that. Because like I said at the start, we shouldn't just have a New Year's resolution. We should have a New Year's revelation. You know, I'm guilty, I must admit, of getting my little Bible in a year tick box. Uh, I don't know if anyone does this, but you get every chapter of the Bible in a tick box and you tick it off as you go. And I remember the Lord correcting me on this one. It's like, the Bible's not a book you need to just tick off. The Bible is me talking to you. The Bible is my time talking to you. Don't just tick the boxes and say, I've done my Bible in a year, because it's not the point, is it? The point is that you're hearing it, you're understanding it, and you're becoming a doer of the word as well, rather than just a hearer of it. So this year, when you think, okay, I'm going to get my Bible in a year, what should be motivating that? It should be your desire to get close to God and hear from him. Your prayer life, how are you going to structure that? How are you going to shift that and get that realigned this year? It should be out of a place of knowing that you're loved, knowing that God hears you, and knowing that he welcomes you. And it doesn't need to be at 6 a.m. for this amount of time. It should just be consistent and sincere. And that's what God is asking for. Consistent, sincere, and in line with his truth as well. But go back and do the things you did at first. I know someone who is a missionary. She lives on a missionary base most of the time in Norway. And part of her relationship with God, her connection with God, her walk with God, however you want to phrase it, is that every week, once a week, she will go and spend a day with God by herself, take a Bible in a bag with her and go to her favourite restaurant with God, right, talk to God. Now, is that prayer? Is that worship? What is that? That's growing in your love for God. You know, in your marriage, if things aren't going so great, or your, your friendships, you've got to do something about it, you know? And think about it. If your relationship with God, if you're not feeling so close to God, who moved? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's us. So you've got to do things, not to get God's love, not to achieve it, but because you are loved, and because you've, you've lost that sense of connection, but there's something you need to do about it. Sometimes we say things like this. I don't feel like I've got a lot of energy at the moment. It's not a good way to talk. You should say something like this. I need, I'm not feeling very energetic at the moment. I need to go get some energy, right? But it's the same with God. You've got to go do something, again, not to earn his love, because you are love, and there's something individual to you and the way that you're wired that will spark a love and interest for God again. That may be that, those songs, those worship songs that you enjoy, that mean a lot to you, those places that you like to visit, that's all important to God. That's all important to God. And you know how you're wired. And I'll tell you this, when you come into that place where you're really truly loving God, seeking him, seeking his face, the Holy Spirit is all over that. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who leads us into a relationship with God anyway. That's why he's here. God the Father and God the Son are in heaven. The Holy Spirit, of course, is in heaven. He's omnipresent. 
but he's here and he's here with us to connect us to the Father, to the Son, and help us to connect others to him as well. So what does that mean? That means that when the Holy Spirit is honoured, when you're in line with the Spirit, the Bible says keep in step with the Spirit, you will not gratify the flesh in the simple ways, you will gratify the ways of the Spirit. And predominantly the first way is love. I'll tell you a funny story. When I was uh, about 19, I came back from a missions trip and I went to a, a big worship event and there was someone in that event that had been horrible to me at one point. They were part of the same church and they'd betrayed me and they'd said things about me that weren't true behind my back and they'd really hurt me. I won't go into detail. But I was in this event and I was caught up in the spirit and I was so, I can't explain it, so taken by the Lord that it just freed me of, of, of things I didn't even know I needed to be free of. And Dan walks my friend, I'll call him Dan, because that was his name. <laughs> and he walks in, and I see him, and I haven't probably spoken to him since this little palaver that happened. And I see him, and I run down this little aisle to him, and I put my arm around him. I think I was drunk in the spirit, if anyone knows what that is. Put my arm around him and say, Dan, pat him on the chest, it's good to see you. About this far away from him, I must have been drunk in the spirit, I was acting a bit weird. But I was like, I couldn't see any fault in him. You know the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 14, love keeps no record of wrongs, right? That's the way God sees you. We don't think God sees us like that. But if we've repented of something, and we put it, it's under the blood, he doesn't see it anymore. He doesn't see you that way anymore. He grabs you by the arm, he pats you on the chest and says, good to see you. And he was a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit scared, I remember the look on his face. But I, I genuinely believe that I was that that sense of God's love and empowerment was flowing through me so strong. And he happened to be the first person that I saw when I came out of this worship event. I saw him and, you know, didn't see anyone else. And I just felt like the Lord was just saying, it's good to forgive as I forgive. It's good to love as I love. And you know what? It wasn't even hard because it just his grace and his power was all over that. His grace and power frees you from lack of generosity as well. You know, God, it says in the Bible, God loves a, a cheerful giver. I'm not talking about giving to the church. I'm talking about being a giving person in general. It's so important to be a giver. You know, so many people you find, they're just, they're just takers in general. But God wants you to be a giver. A giver of life to people around you. I don't know, has anyone heard of Heidi Baker? Anyone heard of Heidi Baker? She's a missionary um, speaker. She lives in Mozambique with children and uh, looks after orphans and, and the broken and she came to speak in a conference in America. Someone was driving her in a, in a car because they'd just come out of the event and she'd been paid cash for speaking at this event. And she had this money on her. And the first thing they do, they go to a, a fast food restaurant. And uh, Heidi's there, they're ordering their food. And Heidi sees this woman behind the counter who's serving her at Burger King or whatever it was. And she just bursts into tears. I just love you so much. And just starts taking all the money out and putting it in her hands and the woman's crying. I'm not talking about that all the time, but there are times, aren't there, where that's what we should be like. We should be so extravagant in our love to others and so free of hurt, so free of the, what the enemy's tried to put us on, under for, for all of our lives. We're free of that. Where the spirit of the Lord is freedom. 
The Spirit frees you to be who you really are. So when it says repent and do the things you did at first, go back. It's God's grace, it's God's empowerment that helps you to change and to be bearing fruit with repentance. That's a phrase that John the Baptist used, bear fruit with repentance. To bear that fruit, that life of God coming through you whilst turning away from the way you used to be. That is the Christian walk and that's powerful and that's what I want to see in the years to come. And if you are right now feeling burdened, feeling lost, feeling fearful, the Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. If you're walking in love, perfect love for God and others, fear is going to leave you. Fear is going to leave you. If you found that you've been critical, so easy to be critical, change it. Change it. You have You have control over that. The Holy Spirit can give you a new heart and a new mind to speak and think the way God does. He can take that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and love. Jesus said, if you don't change, if you don't go back to how you are, I'll take the lampstand away. You won't shine for me like you did. There won't be a shining presence of God like you're experiencing. I believe the early churches they walked in revival. You know, don't forget, a small group of followers grew to hundreds of millions within less than 200 years. There would have been an incredible revival. And Jesus said, you know, you're on, the, you're on the verge of something great. You're on the verge of something great. I don't want you to go on as you've been going on. I want you to come back to the love you had at first. And he's speaking to them as if they could, as if it was in their control. The way to do that? Go back and do the things you did at first. Remember those things and remember who I am and I will empower you again. I've had to do that this week. I've had to take this word seriously. I've been watching some videos of some different people that really spoke to me over the years. I just feel like I've been lifted again to, to, to really believe and to believe in the prophetic ministry as well. And um, I'll leave it there. I wondered if we're able to just to stand now, if you're able to just to stand in God's presence, if you're able to. And just right now, the Holy Spirit has been highlighting areas for you that you know, they might not necessarily be sinful, but they're just things that you shouldn't be doing. Maybe that is sin, but things that might be right for someone else, they're not right for you that have dampened your love for God and for others. Jesus says, repent. Repent means change your mind. Just stop doing that and start doing what you're supposed to do. So if you just know, not out of a place of condemnation, not out of a place of God hitting you with a belt, that's not who he is. But you know the areas that have squeezed the life out of your spiritual walk with God. God says no more. It's a new year, it's a new start, it's a new revelation for you. Abide grace, he will help you to walk a new way. 
if you've stopped trusting that God is really there walking with you and has good plans for you. Remind yourself of who he is now. Holy Spirit, I pray for every person here, ignite them with love for you again. Help us to truly abide in your presence. Holy Spirit, speak to us now. And I pray for those who've been feeling lost, feeling as if you're not there, you're not listening. I pray right now, encourage them. 